0: WTBN Pinellas Park Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time Up next is Verse by Verse Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries
1: Why would they rebuke parents bringing their children to Jesus? Simply because they consider this an intrusion Upon their master's time and energy It's an intrusion They're thinking must have been something like this. These are just children. They're kids. They're infants. And Jesus is too busy teaching adults. He's too busy healing the sick. He's too busy debating with Pharisees and discussing theological issues with the learned men of Israel. He hasn't got time to pray for little kids.
2: Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. Our Bible teacher, Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, gives us a glimpse today of Jesus' attitude toward the little people in our lives. They might be little, but they should never be insignificant. Listen in as Pastor Steve takes us to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, to show us why we should love the little children just like Jesus does.
1: Evangelist D.L. Moody once returned from a gospel meeting, and he reported that there were two and a half conversions. And someone who heard him asked if he meant two adults and one child were saved, if that's what he meant by that expression. He said, no, no, he said two children and one adult were saved, just the opposite. He said the two children had their whole lives to give to Christ, while the adult had only half of his life left to give to the Savior. So D.L. Moody understood how significant it is when a child is converted, a child comes to Christ, not only because their soul is saved for all of eternity, which that alone is so joyous, but also he understood that a child has his or her whole life ahead of them to invest in the kingdom of God. This morning, I thought it would be helpful for us to see the high value that God places upon children. The Bible is not silent about what God thinks of children. And there is no better way to see God's heart for young people than to see some of the very positive things that Jesus himself had to say about children. And for that, we turn to a passage of scripture that directly reveals Christ's high regard for children. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 10. To Mark chapter 10. And I want to read several verses beginning at Verse 13. And they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them laying his hands on them. Now, both Matthew and Luke record this story in their gospel accounts as well, and and putting them together, we get a terrific picture of our Lord's attitude towards children. From this passage, we can see three attitudes that Jesus demonstrated towards children. And these attitudes are critical and necessary for us to understand because these are the same attitudes that God wants to to nurture and develop in all of us towards children. You see, if we really want to follow Christ and we say we we are his followers, then we need to understand his mind and, and his heart in all matters. And that includes such issues as children. And it's his attitude and his feelings about young people that really ought to shape ours, certainly not the world's perspective. From the world's perspective, frankly, children just get in the way. Children just sort of are inconvenient. But from God's perspective, we need to understand the high value he places upon children and let what Christ said shape our outlook and our viewpoint of children. And it will help us to determine the type of ministry that, God wants us to have towards children. It'll help us to understand what we're doing. It'll help us to, to, in determining what type of ministry does God expect us to have towards children. And so I want to just get into the passage. Let's study it. The first attitude that Jesus demonstrated in this passage towards children was that he loved them. It was his love for them that that shines through. Verse 13 starts this way, and they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. Now, let's stop here for a moment and see that the passage opens up by telling us that some parents began to bring their children to Christ. Now, while we aren't told the specific ages of these children, the Greek word that Mark uses here is the word really, for young children, which would include anyone from infants to preteens. Mark is not that specific. It's just the general word for young children. However, Luke, in his gospel account, specifically says that they were bringing even their babies to him. And so it appears that the picture that God wants us to have here is that parents were bringing various aged children to Jesus. There were infants in their mother's arms. There were, there were little toddlers, around, and perhaps, though we don't know for sure, maybe even preteens, elementary school, we would say, children. The question is, why were these parents bringing their children to Jesus? Well, Mark goes on to tell us in verse 13 that he might lay his hands on them and pray. In other words, they wanted Jesus to place his hands on their children while asking the Father to bless their children. They wanted him to lay his hands and pray for God's Blessing. Now, why did they do this? Frankly, because it was a Jewish custom. And it was a good thing. It was a Jewish custom for parents to bring their children to a rabbi for blessings and prayer. And since Jesus was recognized as a rabbi, he was a teacher. That's what rabbi means. These parents wanted him to, to bless and pray for their children. This is very similar to what we do in a child dedication today. Parents bring their children to their pastor who lays his hands on the children and prays for them. It's very, very similar. That's precisely what was going on here, and that's a good thing, and, and we say that's a good thing, and we practice that, but surprisingly, the Lord's disciples didn't like it at all. Notice what the, the verse goes on to say, but the disciples rebuked them, meaning they rebuked the parents. They didn't rebuke the children. They rebuked the parents. Apparently, when the parents started arriving with their children, it would appear that the disciples were outside the house While Jesus was inside, because they're the first ones to see them, and they're the first ones to make a response. And so, upon seeing these parents coming with their children, they tried to put a stop to it by rebuking them. Now, why would they do such a thing? Why would they rebuke parents bringing their children to Jesus? Simply because they consider this an intrusion upon their master's time and energy. It's an intrusion. Their thinking must have been something like this. These are just children. They're kids. They're infants. And Jesus is too busy teaching adults. He's too busy healing the sick. He's too busy debating with Pharisees and discussing theological issues with the learned men of Israel. He hasn't got time to pray for little kids. I love the way one Bible teacher tried to capture the essence of what the disciples might have said to the parents. The master's a busy man. Now, shalom, be on your way and take your strollers with you. That's really the essence of thought. Get out of here. Why are you bothering? the Lord, with something like this. See, the disciples didn't think that children were important to Christ. That's precisely what's going on here. They didn't consider children a high priority. After all, Jesus was the Son of God. He was the Messiah. He was busy preaching and teaching adults all over Israel. And these were just little kids without any understanding. What could he possibly do and say to them? They couldn't understand. They didn't really matter how wrong they were. Because when Jesus saw what was going on, he responded in such a way, folks, that reveals a deep and a special love in his heart for children. Notice what verse 14 says right at the beginning. But when Jesus saw this, and so it must have been a moment after, he must have been in the house and seen what was going on and heard what was going on. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant and he said to them, permit the children to come To me. Now let's stop here. What Mark is saying is that when Jesus saw the disciples just shooing away the, the parents and heard them rebuking them, he was angry at his men. This is righteous anger. This is the right kind of, of anger. And in his anger, he commanded the disciples to let the children come to him at once and stop hindering them. In other words, the Lord rebuked the disciples for rebuking the parents for bringing their children to him. Now, what is it? What principle can we draw from Christ's angry words to his men? It's the simple and and most wonderful truth that Jesus loves children, and they are very important to him. There is no other conclusion you can make from this. They are very important to him. He never saw them as an intrusion upon his time. He never saw them as an inconvenience. They they are not low on his priority list, and he doesn't consider time spent with children a waste of time. See, the Lord has a special place in his heart for children. And you know, you this is not an isolated incident. You can see through the rest of, his, of the gospel ministries that, that throughout the Lord's ministry on, on earth, his ministry was filled with indications of a deep affection and interest in children. Let me present it to you. First of all, you can see this in the many statements that Jesus makes about children. And these statements reveal his high regard for children. For example, I'll just paraphrase the verses, but in John 16 21, he referred to the birth of a child as a joyous occasion. He said, There is travail with a mother in labor until she gives birth to a child, and then there's great joy. He exalted birth, the birth of a child. In Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13, he presented a father. Of course, the analogy is between earthly father and and the heavenly father as one who listens to and cares for his children. He said, if you are like that and you give good gifts to your children and you listen to them when they speak to you, how much more is God the father like that to give good things to you, to hear you when you pray? Jesus spoke of, of children in a way that that he understood they need to be listened to, and that a father loves them and should love them. Notice, if you will, Matthew chapter 11. This is very interesting. In Matthew chapter 11, notice what Christ said about children. Now, he was condemning the religious leaders and this generation of unbelievers, but notice in Matthew chapter 11, verse 16, he said, but what shall I compare this generation to? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to the other children and say, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. And he goes on to speak of John the Baptist. But what I want you to just see here is that Jesus was very much aware of children's games. He didn't put it down. He was just mentioning, as a matter of fact, he was aware of the games. He paid attention to what the the children did, what they were interested in. He said, "This, this generation's like that. Jesus was very much aware of, of children. Now, in addition to, to these positive statements that Christ made about children, I want you to remember that many of his miracles involved children. How many times we've read in the gospels, someone would come to him and say, I have a son or a daughter who is ill and I need you to heal them. I have a son who, who is mute and there's a demon and uh, possessing him. Uh, there are many times like this that the scriptures will say, and this was their, this woman's only son, and this father went to the disciples, and they couldn't cast out the demon of his son. There are many miracles that Jesus did showing his compassion for children. Now, if if you'll recall, recently in our study, we saw Jesus go out of his way to restore to life a 12-year-old daughter of Jairus. Jarius' daughter, it was while on his way, there was a woman who had a blood issue that he healed that Jesus, was when he dropped everything else to go take care of that little 12-year-old girl. Now, what does Christ's attitude of love for children say to us? How do we apply this and his interest in children to our own lives? Well, I think it's very obvious that Christ's love, special love and interest in children, demands that we have the same thing, that we have a distinctive love in our hearts for children and make sure that we're not too busy for them, Make sure that we we don't consider children low priorities in the many so-called important adult things of life. And that's easy to do. It's easy to get wrapped up in our own lives, especially as you get older. And and you move away from childhood and you move away from having your own children. It's very easy to lose sight of young people. But if we're going to be biblical, then there must be a high priority we place upon children. And that means as a church body, we must not make the same mistake as the disciples did in thinking that the Lord is more interested in ministering to adults than he is to children. Now he's interested in ministering to all ages, but there is a special place in his heart because scripture affirms this of his love for children. Children are one of his highest priorities. And and God has sent us many young couples who just keep having children. This is God's sovereign Work in our lives at Lakeside. And we dare not be like the disciples and say, Let's make sure these children don't bother us. Let's make sure we, we don't have, uh, have to fix up nursery and toddler rooms and spend money and things like that. That's the same spirit of the disciples. Too busy. We got other priorities. That wasn't the Lord's heart. All of us need to be reminded that it is our responsibility, not just youth workers, but our responsibility to personally love children, not just a select group of, of youth workers and children's workers. We need to make sure that we are not too busy for our lives to listen to a child and make sure that we don't think, well, that's unimportant. That's very important. What they have to say to us is very important. And to take an interest in them beyond the expected pleasantries of greeting them in church on on sundays and let me tell you why it is so important that we all take an interest in children because jesus in giving us the second attitude that he demonstrated towards children said we can learn from them we can learn from them jesus goes on from telling us how he loves them permit them to come to me they're not a bother to me i love them he goes on to give us the second attitude and it's this he admires them he admires them he exalts them notice the rest of of mark chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. He said, permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. And then he said, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Now, Christ's statement explains why he was so annoyed at his disciples for shunning the children from coming to him. They were hindering children from coming to him, the very ones who not only possess the qualities necessary to enter the kingdom of God, but who Jesus said the kingdom belongs to. It's theirs. They inhabit it. In other words, what Jesus was saying is that these children, like all children, possess the qualities of trust and reliance and humility that every person in God's kingdom possesses. In fact, Jesus said that a person who does not possess childlike trust and humility will not enter God's kingdom at all, not enter God's kingdom at all. Now, from this statement, we can extract two important truths about children that Jesus said. First of all, implied, and I say implied, though not explicitly stated in our Lord's statement about the kingdom belonging to children is that those children who die, and I'm going to speak more about this tonight, but I think implied here is that those children who die before they are mentally capable of placing personal trust in Christ for salvation go immediately into the presence of God. That I think that is exactly what he meant by the statement. Now, whether or not you understand how God can, can do this, why he can take an infant or someone who, who dies in the womb right to, to heaven in light of the fact that they are sinful just like adults, even if you don't understand that, what you can see is that Jesus clearly said that his kingdom belongs to children like these. I believe that's exactly what he's saying. Of such is the kingdom of God. There is no reason to take that any way other than its literal intended meaning. But the second important truth that Jesus expressed about children is that he commended them for having certain character qualities that he said all adults must have if they're going to enter God's kingdom. In other words, the Lord was admiring the qualities that a child has of of humility and trust. Those characterize all children. And he's telling us that unless we come to him for salvation with that same kind of humility, that same kind of trust, we can't enter his kingdom. He was actually exalting children because unlike adults who tend to be self-reliant, cynical, skeptical towards the things of God, children implicitly know that they have no resources to care for themselves. They know that someone has to care for them because they don't have it. Children are naturally open, trustful, and humble. Now, this isn't to say that children aren't sinful, that they don't demonstrate pride and selfishness. But there is something wonderfully naive about children. They know they are in need of help. They know to trust others implicitly. And they easily submit to being cared for by adults. Young children are like that. And it's those virtues that Jesus said, is telling us he admires in children. An openness to the things of God, trust, humility, and natural submissiveness you know we often tell children to behave like adults but jesus actually does just the opposite here he tells adults to behave like children if they want to be in god's kingdom in this sense not childish but childlike in humbling ourselves before god and and trusting him with our need for salvation now how should christ's admiration for children affect us as a church body well If Jesus admires the qualities of humility, openness, trust that's found in in children, the folks, we have a responsibility to nurture those qualities. We have a responsibility to nurture those qualities in our children at at Lakeside and to help them not to grow up to become sin-hardened adults. God has given us these children. Along with the parents, it's our responsibility of course, to assist the parents. But it's our responsibility to nurture the openness that a child naturally has, to nurture the humility, the trusting that they have, the the sweet submission to being cared for. In other words, we want to do everything we can to help children of our church maintain these childlike virtues as they grow up and mature. And how do we do this? Simply by teaching and modeling to them the word of God. Just like adults, children need to know about God's character. They need to know about what it means to worship him. They need to understand the meaning of the cross. They need to know about repentance and, and faith and obedience. They need to understand that genuine righteous behavior comes from the right motives, not outward legalism. They need to know, in other words, the foundational truths of our faith. I love the way John Piper's church explained that, uh, their vision for their children's ministry. I quote, Where do we want our church to be 10 or 20 years from now? Can churches grow mighty oaks of righteousness without intentionally nurturing the saplings under their care? The deep-rooted faith we desire for our children, a faith that weathers the storms of life and bears fruit, for the glory of God is nurtured by a systematic plan to partner with parents in communicating the greatness of God, the glory of Christ, and the power of the gospel. In other words, folks, we we want our children to have a vision of the grandeur of God, to understand his sovereignty, to know of his holiness, not just Bible stories, not just flannel graphs. We want them to be equipped to handle the pressures of life. So if we're ever going to do something for this, we understand that there is a great deal of work involved, a commitment involved in having a ministry to to children that is committed to this kind of in-depth training. It'll take money, to hire someone who will develop this ministry. It doesn't happen overnight. It'll take people with the gift of teaching who are willing to develop this gift by being trained in how to effectively handle the Word of God. Just because somebody has the gift of teaching doesn't mean they, they don't need training. They do need training. And it'll take parents who will cooperate by teaching and modeling at home the very truths that their child is being taught at church. And that leads us to the third and final attitude that Jesus demonstrated towards children. He loves them, he admires them for their character qualities, and he highly values them. Notice verse 16. He took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. Now notice this. Jesus couldn't have taken everybody up in his arms. only had two arms. He must have taken each child one by one, in the warm embrace of his arms, placed his hands on their head and prayed for the Father's blessing upon them. In other words, Jesus prayed for each child individually that was brought to him. There was no group prayer. He picked up each infant one by one and he prayed for them. Why not a group prayer? Because each child was infinitely important to him. He placed value on every child. He put value on every child's life and wanted each life to count for God and and prayed. Accordingly, Folks, every child is valuable to the Lord, and therefore every child should be valuable to us. They, they cannot be reduced to simply cost. Every child at Lakeside must be a high priority for us. Let's bow for prayer.
2: Today's broadcast of Verse by Verse is available for download at our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can find nearly all of our broadcasts posted there at no charge. Download as many as you like. Think about signing up for the Verse by Verse newsletter. You can sign up online to receive it, or just give us a call and request it by phone. The number to call to order the newsletter is 727 239 0306. Once again, the web address is verse by verse radio one word dot org. Finally, we would like to thank those of you who are partnering together with Verse by Verse through your prayers and financial gifts. Most of our resources are available free of charge. Our goal is to provide biblical instruction and spiritual encouragement to as many people as we can. Partners like you, let us do that. We really thank you for your help. That's all for today. I'm Jerry Pruden. Tune in next time on Verse by Verse.
0: You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit. There's a lot going on right now.